0: Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex
1: Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. Hi, everyone. I'm Cole Kuyper along here with Giants insider Alex Pavlovich. And we have a very special episode of Giants Talk coming to you today. Later on this episode, we're going to be joined by Hunter Pence, everyone's favorite Giants clubhouse guy, World Series hero. uh, I don't know, one of the biggest fan favorites we've had in years. But before that, remember, Giants Talk comes to you every Monday and Thursday right here on the NBC Sports, NBC Sports Podcast Network. And Giants Talk is brought to you by Wendy's. Raise a glass to Wendy's new bourbon bacon cheeseburger. Smothered in new bourbon bacon sauce. This is a bourbon masterpiece that you eat at participating U.S. Wendy's. For all of you who are expecting uh, honey bacon <laughs> chicken sandwiches we're coming to you with a new burger
2: you know what people needed around like the what eighth inning today was something smothered in bourbon so that is a perfect switch for us
1: yes i thought about drinking bourbon on this show for that very reason giants may have taken the series two to one versus the padres but man did sunday's game take the wind out of my sails Yeah, you were there, right? You were at the ballpark. I was there, so I'm willing to take the blame. That was the only game I went to this series. Um, Was that the only game you weren't at this series? It was the only, it's the first game I've taken off in like a while. So
2: it was was Mother's Day, it's my brother's birthday. Shout out to my brother, Andre. It was his birthday. So we were doing a whole celebration and uh, check my phone as I get to his house. It's five, nothing already. And it it got Mm. worse from there. So I was fully prepared just to like, be glowing about the Giants and, and winning the first two games. And then you go to the ballpark and this happens. So, you know, yeah, yeah. not a great way, not, not a, you know, if you're going to take two out of three, this is not the way you want the third game to go. Mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: It really, really hurt Harden. You know, it, I was especially deflated because I was so excited to see Quato back on the hill. Um, he really struggled in his first game back, only three innings with eight hits given up five earned runs and two absolutely monster home runs that a uh, splash hit was one of the deepest ones I remember seeing since Barry Bonds. And then Tatis Jr. had another one. Woof, rough outing for Cueto. What do you think that was about, Alex?
2: Yeah, it was funny. There was that girl just kind of kayaking along, like, yeah. you know, 40 yards deep into McCovey Cove in a ball lands next to her. So I was actually thinking as I watched those highlights, like I'm surprised we don't see that more often because – You do have lefties who pull right down the line. I think that was 445, so that's not a a crazy shot. I mean, we've seen Brandon Belt do that before in other ballparks. I'm surprised we don't see more go that deep into the cove, but it's actually funny. If you watch the Tatis homer, there's a guy just like eating a piece of pizza or something way out there. That was like 450-something. He did not expect a home run to come anywhere close to him. So um, two people who were very surprised that a ball landed where they were. But I I think, you know, Cueto's stuff – the velocity was there. I know Gabe Capper was not as concerned about this stuff, so that's a good sign. Um, he, he's a touch and feel pitcher and, and somebody who relies on on being out there, getting in a rhythm. I, we've talked about that before. That's why he wants to to go deep into games and just didn't have it today. Um, and and that's a really good lineup and one, one that the Giants have held in check. And Tatis they've held in check. I wrote about it on Saturday. I'm, I'm glad I did it Saturday instead of waiting because he, you know, he he had three hits up until Sunday. In, in their games this year, he did get hurt that first series, but they've seen him the last two, and they've done a really nice job against him. But it, it was only a matter of time before some of those guys got involved.
1: Did you think maybe Cueto could have used a minor league rehab start, and that just wasn't really feasible because of how this season shook out minor league wise?
2: It's interesting. He, you know, it wasn't really for him. I mean, it was it was right on the edge. There, I think they could have sent him somewhere and then maybe pushed this one back a, a day or two. They're really kind of, and I asked Gabe Kapler this um, over the weekend because Mike Kastrzemski just came right back too. And and they're really using that injured list in a fascinating way. And at some point, maybe we do a whole podcast about that because they're they're using it a lot of times with guys. equato was injured. He was injured, injured. But guys who are or maybe would push through it in other situations or maybe would wait the four or five days in other situations, they're taking the 10 days. And I think their theory is that guys in live BP and simulated games, simulated at-bats. Jastrzemski does a lot of like virtual reality stuff to prepare. Like mm-hmm. they feel like these guys can get ready without sending them to Sacramento for for two, three days, as we've seen in the past. Um, I guess we'll find out at the end of the year if that's true. It does keep them in the lineup, which is good. But, you know, maybe maybe some of these guys, and Jastrzemski is a good example. He came back and, and didn't look like the guy we saw right before he got hurt. So yeah. Um maybe some of these guys as, as we get deeper and see more of these guys come off the injured list, we'll have a bigger sample of guys who you think maybe they they did need to play for a couple of days.
1: I, I didn't know that about Yastrzemski using VR. That's like such a welcome to 2021 baseball fans. This is the future. Um, yeah. He's out it, there playing beat saber to get his swing back. <laughs> it's a
2: reason why they feel like they don't really need the rehab because they can you know, tell a guy, you're, you're going to start on Saturday. You're going to face um, Joe Musgrove. Go in and put a headset on and, and face Joe Musgrove 100 times. And
1: that's, that's he probably did that. So, but there is something to be said for being out there on the field. Yeah, uh, to further the Giants pitching struggles on Sunday, Jose Alvarez gave up four earned runs in the eighth to end the game. And then the Giants brought in potentially a closer prospect in Darren Ruff. Your thoughts, Alex, is did he just lose his chance of being the Giants go-to closer? (laughs) Didn't he kind of look
2: like Hunter Strickland? Like just a a big guy out there. He kind of had like pitcher mannerisms. Mm -hmm. Um, He looked like your classic, like hard-throwing right-hander
1: Big torso, broad
2: shoulders, and he kind of like he looked like he knew what he was doing a little bit. He Had a nice little two-seamer going at like seventy-five miles per hour, but when when he stepped on the mound and started throwing warm-up pitches, like to me he looked like a guy who is going to throw ninety-eight and doesn't know where it's going. And and if he hits you, like you're not going to charge a mound because it's six foot five and two hundred, I don't know, forty pounds or something like that. So I thought he looked very pitcherish. It went okay for him. He got one swinging strike. So that that's always, you know, he'll he'll always have that. He he got we're Jake Cronin over one. So it wasn't the worst pitcher outing I've seen. It wasn't the best either. We've seen Pablo, but.
1: Yeah, uh, Pablo um, had it with the Giants. Matt Duffy had one earlier this yeah. year. So we're a little spoiled, but I wanted to ask you, I know there's a few Giants players who have gone on the record, Giants position players who have gone on the record of wanting to hit the mound at some point in their career in orange and black. Brandon Belt's one of those and Brandon Crawford's wife, uh, Jaylene, tweeted out today that Brandon is also in the mix as wanting to pitch. Who would you want to see ideally? Because I've got an interesting choice for my number one guy I want to see on the mound.
2: Okay, this is right in my wheelhouse, actually. I I have a picture of Brandon Belt pitching at the University of Texas somewhere saved in my phone in case we ever get in a situation (laughs) where I can use it. Uh, I've actually written about both those guys as college pitchers. Crawford was pretty good. Crawford was... Um, I think he was up to 93 at UCLA when he, he pitched as a reliever belt at one point was like a Clayton Kershaw ish prospect in Texas as a high school pitcher. He, he did have injuries that tournament him position player. Uh, those are two good ones. I think everybody would probably at some point love to see like a 37 year old Buster Posey on the mound when he's, you know, not this superstar that we're seeing right now. Like maybe he's a backup catcher at that point. A no-risk situation. Yeah, the guy I would, and this is not a surprise and, and not a funny choice, I, I would love to see Crawford. I've watched him for a decade um, impersonate his teammates before games and in spring training. He does a great job of it. I don't know if he would go out there and throw a Jeff Samarja impersonation at, at an opposing hitter when they're down by 10 runs, but I think Crawford would have good stuff. I, I, you know, He legitimately could be sitting there in the, the upper 80s And he has spent so much time practicing just for fun, breaking balls and curveballs and changeups. Like, I I think he would actually have a really interesting inning and and not
1: be bad. I know he was a quarterback um, in Pleasanton in high school as well. So he's got the arm. You said he pitched at UCLA. Crawford would be probably the coolest to see up there. But my pick was, as you mentioned, Buster Posey. He famously played all positions, um, all nine positions in one game in college. He is a Awesome closer from what I've heard. Um, so that would be cool, but then there is always the risk that wow, we do this goofy thing with Buster and uh he never throws again.
2: Yeah, I mean I I, I openly campaigned for on Belt's behalf with Bruce Bochy at times just because he he really wants to do it. It um there were times where we thought it was it would be really fun. Look, for us it'd be fun, right? If you're the ones who gave him a, a huge contract, it's not so much fun when he's talking <laughs> about pitching. So I do wonder. And it's tough because both those guys are playing well. All three of those guys are playing well. All three of those guys could be free agents at the end of the year. So they probably will be careful with them. And um, But there was a point where I thought this would be the year where maybe we would see Belton Crawford on the mound because you know this is going to be their last year. They were both tailing off a little bit. Now I think there's a lot at stake for these guys. But um, I would love to
1: see it at some point. I think probably before those guys retire, they will get on a mound. But
0: yeah, I mean, it's sure.
1: If the Giants have like end up deciding they want to take a stab at re signing either of those guys, maybe that's something they work into the contract. Hey, we promise you one visit to the mound, yeah, in 2022 if you re sign.
2: I would love it. Belt would probably take less
1: money just if if you told him he could pitch at some point. You, uh, you made a observation here in our notes that I think you wanted to talk about about just kind of the way the Padres play baseball, and this wasn't something I had noticed until you brought it up, and then it's all I could think yeah. about thinking back to the game I watched today in person. Yeah, they're just kind of
2: like, there's like a coolness to them, but it, it's good and bad. Like, I, I think when they're, when they're rolling, like they were today, like you see it, they're just really smooth, super talented, and they're just, I think they're just very relaxed and very, like, they, they look like they're not really stressed about any of this. And it's good when you're winning. When they were losing the last couple of games, like being there live on Friday and Saturday, it just looked like the Giants were playing with a lot more urgency. And I, I think especially defensively, you, you just see balls that, you know, Machado's like a beat behind on a ball. Tatis is, is a beat behind on one. Hosmer just lets that pop-up drop behind him, and uh, which was really weird. Almost did it again the next day. The, the one that really stood out was when Hosmer swung, 3 0 against Tyler Rogers, I think, mm-hmm. on Saturday with Will Myers, who is like the ultimate giant killer now that Arenado and Goldschmidt are gone, was on deck. And, you know, Caleb Berger's warming up because Rogers doesn't know where the ball's going. And, and Hosmer swings at ball four. And it, it just was kind of like, and nobody seemed really like upset about it in the Padres dugout. They just were like, okay, well, you know, Hosmer might have hit a home run, I guess, if he connected. Like, so there's just kind of like a, I don't even know how to put it, other than like a coolness and like a calmness about them, that when they're playing well, it makes them really intimidating. I think, and and almost makes me want to pick them to win the division because I, I think they're the time the the kind of team I could see like getting on a run where they win like twenty out of twenty four or something, and you're just like, man, that makes sense. Like we're watching them, it makes a ton of sense. They're they're talented and they know it, um, but they're the, also the kind of team that you can picture sweeping because they they make a bunch of throwing errors and allow a bunch of infield singles and, and have a bunch of poor at bats in situations where they shouldn't. So that stood out to me watching
1: them the last couple of days. And I, I'd be curious what you thought watching them on Sunday. Yeah. The one that um, now that you mentioned it stood up to me was there was a, there was a at bat where Grisham was on third and there was some bloop to the uh, deep infield and he ran past halfway to home from third as if they weren't just going to catch this and he almost got doubled up at third he had to like dive in sliding head first to uh, avoid getting uh tagged up and it's like I guess that's cool and fun but it seems wildly irresponsible but it didn't seem like anyone was mad they just kind of chuckled about it and laughed and I don't know it's a cool way to pay- play ball and it can definitely uh see why the Padres are such a popular team for the young fans out there you know it's very san diego right like it's like the most exactly so just laid back yeah yeah laid back is a good way to put it they're they're very
2: laid back it was just funny to watch them against the giants team that i think is very serious and Mm -hmm. i I think you know when I, i said this on a podcast last week like it almost seemed like when the giants went into petco park like some of those Padres guys, it seemed like they didn't really take it that seriously. But then you saw what they did when they went into Dodger Stadium. And you saw what Tatis did when he went into Dodger Stadium. So um, I think they will definitely take the Giants more seriously from now on. But yeah, just something interesting about them when you watch them. Like they're, they're just kind of silky smooth and it, it looks great when you're winning. But uh, there were a bunch of plays that I just felt like they should have made those first two nights and didn't seem bothered that they didn't make. So... <laughs> It was interesting. I, I think a, a fun team to watch, but one that I think you you can beat.
1: Um, but then they can also beat you eleven to one because they're super talented. It's interesting to watch as a fan because you cringe when they do something wrong. They're not even my team, and I'm like, "Ooh, they yeah, should have that. swung at that pitch." And I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like, exactly. We, but then they, you feel more bothered than they did.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting team to watch. I don't. I think maybe it's one of those teams that like needs to lose in October two or three times before they kind of get an edge to them. But right now they're still ascending and and feeling great about themselves and um, as they
1: should, they're really good. Speaking of people who know their way around October, we have Giants star um, Twitch star baseball icon Hunter Pence in the zoom waiting room right now. So what do you say we invite Hunter in and talk a little shop? Yeah, I think I was thinking about this. This is a good question for you. I don't know that
2: I can think of anybody who wasn't an original like drafted giant who's more popular in the city of San Francisco just from those those teams like not um, yeah, not Barry. Yeah, not Barry, not going way back. But if if you think about how popular Hunter Pence is in San Francisco and the fact it's that he crazy came here.
1: To, yeah, it's crazy to think that he was like a Philly of yeah. all teams. They didn't even know, come here like, in 2010, came here in 2012 like yeah at the deadline and And if i remember correctly weren't they giving out a hunter pence bobblehead in philadelphia like two or three days after he got traded and still gave it out because he was such a philly fan favorite even after getting traded
2: i think they gave it out with like a note i I think there might have been like a note from hunter or something saying like thank you phillies fans like they did give it out it was really interesting but um yeah hunter pence just uh a forever giant, even though he didn't get here until 2012 and and a forever San Francisco resident, maybe now a big time Love it. member of the city. So let's get to that. Somebody that is always a great interview and always very excitable. We'll probably have you jumping off your couch or, or out of your car seat. Be careful as you drive. If you listen to this, here's Hunter Pence. Dish and Sling
0: customers. Don't miss a game this season on NBC Sports Bay Area and NBC Sports California. Don't miss your A's, your Giants, your Kings, your Sharks, your Warriors. To keep watching your favorite teams, go to howtowatchnbcsports.com.
2: A very special Giants talk today. We have Hunter Pence, a forever Giant Hunter Pence, um, Hunter, I've been looking at your Instagram page. You are on the beach, you're in Santa Barbara, you're drinking coffee, you're playing with your dog who is adorable and knows what two plus two is. It seems like you're really enjoying retired life. Are you really enjoying retired life?
0: Hey, Alex. Uh I am. I get to I get to do all sorts of uh, you know, enjoyable things with the family. And uh, you know, fortunately, um you know, everything's been kind of decent, but we were kind of locked down for a long time, obviously, with the situation. And uh, it's nice to, to as, as things are getting better in the area to get to get out and uh, enjoy nature and uh, spending time doing reading, gaming. Yeah, I'm kind of it's all over the place, but I'm definitely having fun and I'm busy and a lot busier than I ever thought I would be. I'm the hardest working retired guy I've ever, <laughs> I've ever met.
2: The one thing I wanted to ask you, what I haven't seen you, I haven't seen you swinging a bat. When was the last time you picked one
0: up just for fun? You know what? I still, and uh, this is embarrassing. Um, I still, like, will randomly just be air practicing my swing in the elevator, like, working on my mechanics, but, like, not actually picking up a bat and swinging. It's just, like, habit. Uh, it's just what I do, I guess. I'm a weirdo, and I'm always, like, thinking about hitting. Uh, but, but no, I, I my – honestly, like, my – my hip is getting better, I've been doing, um, I, I'm working with this like really amazing lady and I've been like slowly working on it but my, 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 my hip was pretty jacked up and uh, I'm trying to get that better but I still can do like the halfway too and uh, but that's about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, did you leave the game with anything left on your like baseball bucket list? Like you got the World Series, you got the All-Star Game, was there anything left that you just, the, the peak you did not quite climb? You know, that's a great question, Cole, and I'm pretty
0: satisfied. I'm pretty thankful, like, beyond, like, my wildest dreams. If I if you would have told me as a kid that the career that I had, I would have been like, what? Like, I'm just a kid who loves the game, who wants to play as hard as he can. The only real goals that I had, uh, that I did miss one that, that you mentioned it, was, like, I wanted to win as many World Series as I could. I just, like, I wanted to be the best, like, and not the best player. I wanted to be on the best team. And uh, so thankful that I got to be a part of the greatest, like, like two times we got to be the best in the world, and uh, it, was, it was super special. And that was it, is I just want to give everything I have to win today. Like I'm going to give everything I have to win today. And uh, the other one thing that I did want to do was be in a home run derby because I always loved hitting BP homers. Did you never do that? No. How did that never happen? I don't know. I used to be a BP Homer. I mean, I I was a BP Homer guy. That was my thing, and uh, just never happened. It was the one that was. It was like my two things. I want to win World Series, and I want to be in the Home Run Derby. And uh, but I mean, I'm very thankful. And honestly, I was. I had like, as a kid, I was just like, I'm gonna play until they rip the jersey off me until I can't play anymore. And really, my body, uh, I'm almost embarrassed with like a little bit of that last season because I just couldn't work out. I couldn't run. But I'm I'm slowly. I'm slowly starting to get where I I could but I just didn't have enough time from the injury to the next season and I thought I was going to be able to but it just didn't work out.
2: Maybe your body didn't allow for this but I've also thought it's interesting when I talk to guys who are, are done playing the next spring when it comes around and you start you know you just know that time of year it's February it's time to get going it's time to get back in the clubhouse with the guys was there anything this spring in February where you had that little twinge of like, man, this, I wish I was there in Scottsdale just for a couple of weeks.
0: You know what? Um, I was really worried about that, that it was going to be like this emotional pain or, or drama. And there was maybe like a week or two after um, after like in the middle of last year where I was just like, not ready yet to like, you know, but I was still following the giants and the guys. And, and I maybe had like, I had some decisions that I could have possibly like, pursued to continue to play but I knew in my heart that my body couldn't do it like I just like I, I couldn't even be mad like I was so thankful for the Giants I was just like you know um as far as like the physical play like it just like I I swung way too much I was like an over-practicer and I'm kind of that OCD like wanting to perfect my swing and it and I swung as hard as I could for so many years and it just like I don't I don't like because I'm I think it's very important to not like limit yourself or just talk bad, but at the time, and I know I'm going to get out of this. I know my hip is going to get better, but I just wasn't able to swing. So I had that like one or two weeks where it was like kind of emotionally painful. And then but then I was just like so in love with follow like being a fan of the game. I've always been a fan, so I love watching it. I love being a fan of the the Giants guys. I it was so cool. Like I really love this young leadership and even you know Longo and Cross still in there leading the, the charge. Uh Johnny Cueto, I can't wait for him to get back. Um, but like young Yaz and Slater, these guys are amazing. Solano. Um I think they're they're like the uh, the way I, th- I think of it, and I might say this, so I'm, uh, it's like if you, if, you, if you equate them to like a a band or music, it's like Nirvana from the 90s. They're the grunge <laughs> team that just like is awesome and you don't even know it.
2: You're, you know, you're somebody who's had experience now and we haven't had a lot of this. We haven't really gotten to know Gabe and his staff a whole lot because of of the pandemic and because of lockdown, like you mentioned. You have experience with those guys. What was different about them than maybe Bruce Bochy and the previous staff or staffs that you had worked with in Houston or Philadelphia? Because they are kind of a, a new wave approach to the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, every every manager you have is unique and different, and and there's a different feel and a different, you know, everything. And, and there's not to say there's just one way to do it. There's like obviously different teams that win the World Series every year with different managers and different styles. So I'm not going to like, I, I don't want to compare because obviously I had so much great times with all of my managers. But if I was going to tell you like the, the great things about Kepler Kepler is incredibly like intellectual, um, incred- incredibly like emotionally, em- emotionally intelligent is, is one thing that I would say. He's very, uh, you, you really feel supported by him. Um, deeply. And the whole staff that they've put together, like the unit is like incredible. The hitting, the hitting team, the three guys they got in there are on top of everything. And they're, they're like cutting edge, like the, the biomechanics, uh, knowing all of that stuff, the stuff that I never really believed in until I had to believe in it, because I just, I thought that mechanics kind of got in the way, but there are definitely like scientific principles that can allow you to do more like to do more, like do more with less. And like, if you do these certain things, uh, you have to like, obviously learn those mechanics and and train it into like the non-think state because things are happening so fast. But if you use certain angles properly, and and leverage your body properly, you can have a lot more power with a lot less effort. And that is something that I didn't unlock until um, that year with the Rangers, and I, it took a long time. But they are really on the fr- cutting edge, the front of that. So the hitting staff is amazing. The pitching staff, the guys they have are like crazy intelligent. Bales, uh, amazing. Bannister, amazing. But Bales is so fun to talk pitching. And incredibly incredibly smart and and just like giving every bit of an advantage to their players they're gonna get the most out of these players and like even Scott and Farhan I'm just like so enamored with their intelligence play Magic the Gathering like I love just like (laughs) thinking of all the choices and Farhan is like I I throw this around this word around too much but I I find him to be like somewhat of an I I would say genius like he is crazy smart at finding like the right like the like mining the data and getting the right things and then bringing those guys in and then they have the weapons of these great staff that can get the most out of them so it's incredibly exciting that's why I say they're like they're like the grunge team that like you don't really know how good they are but they're really good
2: I love that comparison you the last thing I wanted to ask about Gabe is you know one thing I've noticed with him he is is so relentlessly positive and and day to day and you were the same way as a player I think you were you came in the next day no matter what happened that the night before and and it was like let's get him you know what let's go out there and compete again what was it like playing for a manager like that who who is that way every game in the dugout after every game I mean even if they have a tough loss he's like let's go get him tomorrow
0: yeah it's very powerful it's very powerful to have that support and to have that attitude and like you know at at the end of the day like you just got to you you have to like reset every single day and come back ready to come with it today and to charge and to never allow the deflated spirit was the thing they called it when I was younger when you like fall out of it or whatever the case may be, it, it was definitely um, it, it, it's definitely encouraging and emp- and powerful and like like you said like last year the Giants go into the last game um, being like right there on the cusp of making the playoffs with with no expectations and um, it, it, it's a pretty special time right now because. This year, there's not like the as many playoff teams and there wasn't there, there aren't these expectations, but they're special. They're in that hunt and they're doing it right now. And that's that fun time where like when when there's expectations and you like, oh, they have to make it like kind of in that, let's say like 15 to 17 year you know 2015 to 2017. And we had been doing it. Um, it was no longer a secret to Giants were good. And then, you know, they, a little bit of the fade. And now we're back on that, like no one's expecting it, but they're good and that's the fun, really fun time, exciting time to be surprised and delighted by what this team can do.
1: Nolens is going to roll his eyes at me, but I want to shift <laughs> away from baseball just for a quick second. I want to hear a little bit about this uh, Coral Sword Cafe setup you guys have in Houston. I'm a big gamer. I'm into tabletop games. It's been one of my, uh, my COVID-19 guilty pleasures is doing some of that online. I've got my Coral Sword hat back here. Um, what was that like setting up and can we maybe keep our fingers crossed to see some action like that in the bay area you know what um we're a long ways away from that
0: uh i would hope so like (laughs) at some point but it's very i mean the first three years were were very difficult but very fun and and like great 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 lessons and like the community and the relationships uh have been like second to none and my heart like is like so thankful for all the people that support and love the place uh it was a passion project and it was a buddy of mine like I love coffee um I love board games I love card games I love digital games and we were just wanted to build like a coffee shop that had kind of that atmosphere um and kind of upgrade like the magic the gathering scene uh, a good place clean place to play Dungeons and Dragons and you know an inclusive environment so that was just kind of the the dream. It took three years. Like we're still working on because like even the the place that we built doesn't have the room to have a kitchen. So like making food and all that. But our coffee is is on point. We have really cool. Honestly, uh, we have really cool beer and wine and like amazing stuff for the nighttime scene. So it's been amazing. And and but then hitting COVID right when we like started getting successful because you know it, with businesses it's about three year window. And uh, it was funny. Uh, I I got the call like hey, uh, we might be able to start uh, paying back a little bit. And then like a week later, COVID hit, and we've been just like trying to tread water. But the atmosphere, the fun, people have been supporting. Uh, we're still alive. And uh, that's kind of what's going on is it's just like it's board games. We have a, a huge board game selection. And if we can get it, like our, our goal is to get that mastered. And then maybe we, the next place would probably be the Bay Area if we could make one.
1: Fantastic. If we open that up, I'll take you and Alex down in Catan first <laughs> yes. night. Yes. Uh, um, dude, rock, wheat,
0: sheep, baby. I'm a Catan,
1: I'm a Catan <laughs> junkie. That was uh, really
0: Those are the OP when, uh, minerals, in my opinion.
1: honor <laughs> uh, when you're a part of the Twitch world or on WOW, do people see you as Hunter Pence, four-time all-star baseball world champion? Or do you get to use that opportunity to be just like another dude sharing a hobby?
0: Um I think I, so a little bit of both you know because I do love to talk baseball um I would say that like the the me away from the field and the me at the field were a lot different and and I I know that that's like counterintuitive always be yourself but like baseball and 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 that environment and and competing and competing at the highest level like I I'm a very loving kind lighthearted person but on the field, like, you have – there's a viciousness to the field a little bit. Like, you have to turn into – like, you have to be ready because you're, you're, you're competing. It's, it's, um, it's just a different animal. So, I would say that, like, on the Twitch world, you're getting more of the natural me, like, the lighthearted, the joyful, uh, playful. And I, and I still had fun on the field, but, like, it's intense out there. And I had to create, like, almost like an energy state. And, and I wouldn't say, like, there's, like, two different peoples, but I had to – you have to be, like, hyper-focused, hyper, like, aggressive – I, like the, I I knew where I had to be to be the best player that I could. I couldn't be this like gentle, loving person on the field and 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 succeed. So uh, it's been actually kind of uh, healing to not have to do that all the time and like just relax and laugh and make fun of myself. And uh, most of my stream is, and, and, and the people that hang out on a daily day basis and we talk in Discord, they realize that we just make fun of each other. We make fun of me mainly and have a good time. So it's a lighthearted atmosphere. We can talk baseball. We talk games. We do all of it.
2: I think the thing I'll remember most about covering you was how much you loved being a teammate and loved, you know, whether it was, I remember how much you got along with, uh, everybody knows Pablo, obviously, and Buster, but, but Gregor Blanco, and I, I remember you pulling even like Chris Heston and Mike Kickham aside to, to talk to them when they were young. Do you, have, do you get to do some of that with gaming? Do you get to be on a team again? Does that kind of fulfill a, a little bit of, of the competitiveness and the Hunter Pence, the teammate? <laughs>
0: Um, Man, that's a great question. And thanks for saying that, Alex. And uh, I do think that that was one of my favorite parts of of baseball was working together and working as a team. And um, it definitely stretched me to like stretch, like learning psychology, reading about the mind, reading about leadership, reading about all this stuff. It was like this whole long journey that baseball shaped me and made me a better person in that regard. Uh, I think I get a bit of the clubhouse atmosphere from the Twitch thing. and like the discord channel. And like people hanging out in it and the banter. Uh, we run a tournament, like uh, a limited magic, the gathering tournament with someone like we've had like four Hall of Fame magic players. Uh, if you didn't know that there's a Hall of Fame. There's only like 30 some of them uh, that have competed in our tournament that we run every Thursday and and just having the same people come back and, and we all have a good time. So I get a lot of that clubhouse atmosphere from the Twitch channel and the Discord chat. Um, so that is really cool because a lot of people when they leave baseball, they're like really miss the clubhouse. I really miss the clubhouse. And I feel like I my Twitch channel has created that clubhouse atmosphere. So that's maybe helped me and I didn't even know it because it really is fun to have that, that Avenue and um, the competitiveness also like stretching. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm in the top like 200 right now unlimited and like working on these different tournaments and things that um, and and mastering my skill every day. So like, I'm still, I still have that competitiveness from the magic play. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely think that those two things as an athlete, um, are, are fulfilled through the Twitch stream, for sure.
1: I want to ask you a little bit about just your relationship with the city of San Francisco. There's a great viral video of you buying a round of shots um, after the Dodgers lost Game 4 uh, in 2020. Um, what's Explain kind of what was going on there, and are you just like a San Francisco legend, celebrity icon everywhere you go, or do you get some peace and quiet in the city? I'm, I mean, people are uh,
0: honestly so – like respectful in the city, like it, like sometimes you know they when they come up to me like didn't like they're just like it's awesome it's easy especially now it's a lot more low key. Um, but actually, we were just at we, It was one day that I think um, COVID had been like we'd been closed for a long time and things were like looking better and and all of this and we we're like let's go check out North Beach. Like uh, now that I'm not a player, I have time to like actually experience all of the different parts of the city. So I've been like trying to. Check out all of these famous places and wonderful areas and really like be like kind of the um, kind of the vacation experience here, and like a lot of times a lot of places I go i 'm like, man, if I was on vacation here, this would be the best vacation ever and that day we were just experiencing North Beach, the you know little Italy, and um, we were having a dinner, and we were watching the game and, and it was like this like crazy comeback, and i don 't remember exactly, but I was like, look if, the, if if the Rays come back and win this i 'm buying shots for everyone. <laughs> And sure enough, it was like some, and we were just watching on the phone, um, like through the the app or whatever. And all of a sudden, like we hear cheers and I'm like, did they do it? Did they do it? And then like, we see the whole play and I'm like, shots with the day. For the, and like, and then I, little did I know that people around me like had connections to like, whatever. I had no idea that this was going to go on any internet. It was just me like, you know, like making a good time and uh, we, everyone loved it. And apparently someone videotaped it and it got out there. Is
2: it fun to be part of that community? When I, I mean, you've you've brought a lot of joy to these people and, and people in North Beach. I think you probably notice when you walk around the city how many people are wearing Giants fans or Giants hats. How many people have Giants stickers on their car? I mean, what's it like to be sitting in North Beach with all these people who you know, like four or five years ago were were cheering for you, and and now you kind of get to be part of that
0: community? No, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I'm a Giants fan now, so uh, it's it's a great honor, and uh, you know, it's it. It, like I said, it's a, it's a. They they brought me so much joy and so much support. I have nothing but like appreciation and humility towards it. And I'm just here to have a good time. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a big nerd that plays Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and likes to watch baseball. And I happen to have played back in the day, but that was old, Hunter. I don't know. I don't, you know, did that even happen? I don't know. But you're still um, young. I enjoy being a Giants fan. I love and getting to experience all of that passion and support. I got to experience it as a visiting player. They are hard on you. It's intense. I used to always say whenever everyone asked the hardest place to play was San Francisco. And a lot of players will tell you that. And then it was like the absolute reverse when you get to play for them. The support is like so intense and it's so powerful. So I know both, both sides of it, and I love being a part of it, and I really appreciate the fan base and the passion and the great atmosphere that they create and the good times that we've shared.
2: You used to go out there to right field. You were, you know, you were ready for, for people. I mean, I, I know in Oakland it's tough, and in Philadelphia it's tough. It was tough in San Francisco when you came in with other teams. They were, they were giving you a hard time? Oh, my gosh.
0: Uh, yeah, it's the most tough, the most difficult place to play uh, from my experience with San Francisco as a visiting player. I had, I, 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 you haven't heard this story? I would not expect this Ooh. here, go ahead. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So I, I'm a rookie with the Astros in center field. And there's a guy in center field screaming at me the whole game. And he ended every sentence with, you loser. So <laughs> it went, you can't get it out of the infield, you loser. You're going back to round rock, you loser you're never gonna get a win today you loser 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 and like legit I was like first three innings it's like okay like this guy's gonna stop and about the sixth inning like legit it was like one thing after another after another after another and I was just like uh, after six innings of that you're just like what the hell man so I like turn around to look at him and it's a guy in a wheelchair like with a huge beard kind of looks like almost a homeless guy and he's like, what are you doing looking at me, you Never Look at me, you loser. Turn around and play the game. And I'm like, oh, God, all right. Like, I turned back around. I'm like, that was crazy. And then he goes, look at me when I'm talking to you, you loser. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. Oh, and man. Uh, that's just one. There's like three of those people nonstop. It's pretty intense.
2: Did you win him over in 2012?
0: I don't Do you- know if I've ever seen him again. People say that that was um, – I feel like they – they knew who the guy was. And he's like, apparently some famous guy, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't remember. It might've been Billy. I'm not sure. <laughs> Billy's still there. So I'll, I don't I'll, think he's well, Billy nice. though. Cause this guy, this guy sounded different than Billy. Yeah.
2: Uh, switching gears a little bit. You're starting to do some TV for us. You I know you've done some college baseball stuff on the radio. You you do the podcast with Grant Brisby for the athletic. What is what's next for Hunter pence when it comes to baseball and, and when it comes to the giants too, uh, you know, they, you know this they, they bring everybody back if they want to be involved it, when life gets back to normal do you want to be involved with the Giants do you want to be involved with baseball
0: in the future like like I obviously like would have a lot of thoughts and theories and I love the data of, of baseball and where it's going um I would love to like work on something to help with like building the teams and whatnot or like even learn from Farhan and Scott because I think they're really amazing at what they do and I love the x's and o's of that part of the game um Also, I think maybe in the future, there will be a time that I maybe want to be possibly doing something on the field, but I'm not sure yet. So I'm definitely open. Uh, I want to be a part of of the Giants. Um, And right now, the the best fit for me, and and like you said, it's it's crazy times right now, is as a fan and supporting and doing these small things. And uh, I'm really enjoying the journey of this season so far, and I really believe in them a lot.
1: My dad just always raves about how great of a dude you were when you were with the Giants. And he tells this story about running into you in an elevator after game six of the World Series in 2014, where we got kind of rocked. Um, and he says, we got in the elevator and Hunter was really quiet. And when the door opened, he turned around and said, I'm glad we lost today because we're going to be great tomorrow. And you just had that confidence and that kind of energy. And he, he just talks about how you know that's what the team needs more than anything. Um, do you remember just bringing that kind of energy to the field and how much does that help?
0: Yeah, it was all intentional. And like, I liked, I, I, I didn't like like sulking or getting down. Mm-hmm. And I knew, especially at that time, I was very tapped in. I was very locked in and I knew how important it was to like see victory where others see nothing. This was from the art of war that I like really took whenever things got tough. I was like, where can I find victory in this? And I remember as we were losing that game, to me, our body language was very important. I was like, don't look like we're defeated. We don't care. We want game seven. This is going to be more fun, more, del- like more delicious. So like, just like switching the attitude and the perspective, you know, like having to answer, like no one has won since like 78 and game seven on the road. And like, that's like tough to answer. And I, and my, and like, I was like, "How can I flip this around?" And I was like, well, that means that the road team is due to win because that's a crazy variance. <laughs> you know like I can find victory anywhere and you can twist anything and look through like which like like how do you perceive this and so i I'm, I know i don 't really remember that, but I remember just like making sure that that message was around everyone like this is awesome. we get a game seven, like we earn this like this is not oh no, we got beat, oh no, game seven because if you go into game seven, oh no you're probably going to get an, Oh no. If you go into game seven, like, hell yeah, we're coming. Like you got lucky today that like, and like even the same thing with like going on the road to Pittsburgh, I was like, I was like, dude, this is awesome. We are set. Like they were like trying to throw their number one to like see if they could get out of the wild card game. We're amped and prepared and bringing Bumgarner. This is sick. We're coming to Pittsburgh to burn it, baby. You know, just like what is your mindset going into the game? And the and the Pirates had had some tough times in, in the wild card. And I was like saying, like, dude, they don't want the wild card game. They're like they're worried about it. They want you know like. So it, to me, it was just about like, what's your attitude coming in? These are things we can control. And I wanted our, and, and we all did that like super powerfully. We we're like, we like took it as like, hell yes, we, we are honored to be in this game seven. And we're, we don't care that we lost today. You got it. We like, we're going to see you tomorrow.
2: That's really interesting. I never thought of it from the other perspective, because I think they threw Garrett Cole that weekend to try to get yeah. out of that wild card game. And we
0: u- tried to use that as like a little mental edge. And like yeah. me and Buster would talk about planting seeds, like planting seeds of confidence, like anything that you can it buy, buy into or like, or pass to someone um, a little bit of confidence goes a long way. And like, just being like, dude, they're, they don't want this game. They don't want to be in the wild card game. And they didn't even bring their ace. And, you know, just like, so that you can just ramp an inner momentum that you come in like ready.
2: And then you walk yeah. in with bomb and it's like, Here we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, we're ready for this game. We we set up for it. Uh, We took a day off, uh, you know, or whatever the case may be. But and it was uh, kind of that way.
1: Hunter, I want to end with a little uh, rapid fire lightning round word association. I'm gonna we're gonna rattle off a few players, and I want you to just say the first word that comes to your head. Teammates of yours, current Giants, former Giants. Um, Let's go first with Brandon Crawford. Gold Glove. (laughs) <laughs> nice, intense Buster. defense. All right, intense Buster defense. Posey,
0: Captain America. that's pretty good. I have to do a sidebar
2: here with Buster. Buster is like one of the best players in the National League. Again, what's it been like for you watching him come back from from uh, everything he's dealt with? To and you mentioned it earlier, and maybe this is a swing thing—not swinging as hard, but having more power.
0: And, and we've seen that from him. I think we took like this this player that's one of the best in the world and blessed and graced with like crazy hand-eye coordination. He's built to hit. He's insanely intelligent and dialed in his technique to get the most out of it. And we're watching we're, and also by the way, uh I think that he as one of the fiercest, fieriest competitors, like I'm talking an intense, intense competitiveness that is like, whoa. And, um, he was competing super hurt and he would never say that and it just like and he was still finding a way to get like you know stuff done so like getting a fully healthy buster Posey, and then dialing in the biomechanics and then his talent his gift so it's all shining right now and we're 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 getting to witness that greatness and it's so fun to watch and like he's hitting oppo bombs like without that much effort way back and yeah. it's like it's it's so it's so satisfying to watch him hit and play and be healthy and and also a little amped with uh just dialed in technique a little bit further
2: that's a great description of Buster. sir what, what's your brief i'll continue cole's game your brief description of brandon belt
0: <laughs> oh man I don't I, I got out like my first uh, da, da, but belt, belt is like he's one. he's one of the most lovable teammates you'll ever have and he said some of the kindest sweetest things and he's he's super funny and uh, he's just like every day he's he's just belt man he's just yeah. he's simple he's fun and he and, and, and he's just a good dude.
2: I've spent a lot of time around him so i know when when, when you start laughing i'm like yeah no that makes sense yeah
0: uh, but he's very just like one of the most lovable kind-hearted like good-hearted giving people you will ever met meet he is so such a such a kind soul right
2: good friend of yours somebody who is demolishing the national league right now as a pinch hitter pablo sandoval
0: Um uh, play i just think of the word like you know like play he's got a playful spirit uh he brings a charisma he brings like he brings so much more than even his like what he does on the field because he has so much energy every day and he's always laughing and like being around someone who's always laughing is so fun to be around the opposite of pavel madison bumgarner mad bum, yeah <laughs> mad bum is not laughing ever <laughs> uh, i don't know if i've ever seen him laugh but focused perfectionist um, determined, um, mentally mentally strong, um, and just uh, like he's
1: just the same guy every day. Cowboy, cowboy. Uh, let's get one word for the man who just celebrated his 90th birthday, Willie Mays. I mean, uh, just
0: special. You know, this was uh, this is the guy. This is legend, legend.
1: All right, legend's perfect. We're, we're almost out of names here for you. We're not going to drag this on too long. Mike Yastrzemski, current giant, one word.
0: Man, it's, it's tough to pick one word, but leader comes to mind. Oh, I like that. He's a very one. smart. He's a very great leader. I like, All right. I, he was super impressive.
1: And the last one, uh, Giants current manager, you served under him for one year, Gabe Kapler.
0: um it's tough to think of the the right word jacked (laughs) (laughs) i'll allow it i love it that's a good
2: one that's a good one hunter thank you so much this has been a ton of fun i I think one time i'm gonna have to turn the podcast over to you and cole to just talk gaming because i feel like that's (laughs) he could have done a half hour just on gaming and i I think you could have too but it's great to hear your baseball perspective and Great to see that you're enjoying retirement and enjoying life in the city. I I love I love that you and Lexi settled down here and and decided San Francisco was home. So always good talking to you. Thanks for doing this, and and hopefully we see you soon.
0: Thanks for having me on the show. Good to see you again. Uh, And Cole, yeah, you know I feel like we got to do something at some point to talk Dungeons and Dragons.
1: I'm in. I'm restarting my (laughs) second campaign soon. We'll have to make Alex a character, drag him into the mix. Let's lock it in.
0: You want to join our next quest? I'm in. I'm I'm in. I need a
2: lot of explanation on what this means, but sure.
0: (laughs) Oh, Alex, I don't don't think you want in. You're not a gamer, but you're welcome to join.
2: I'll write stories about you guys, your your (laughs) quest.
0: Our quest? All right. Perfect. Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks, Honor. Thanks, man.